I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Celebrate good times. Oh, yes. You know, all I've heard for the last year is COVID this and oh, poor me that despair and but I must say things are looking up for old Nigel because I have in my very cellar in the basement the depths of my manor my very own dick Danny Dick EO that is the man is in quarantine I'm unable to see him but through one of the greats in the floor, but he is down there. And I do hear him making noises, etc. when I send down his meals. So things are looking up for old Nigel. I suppose things are still pretty grim for Mr. James Sharwell and the pieman, as I call him. Mr. Forrest, who might as well live in one because he's just nowhere to be found. And of course, Dan Wong, who always does his thing. So I will pass it on to the rest, to Mr. Dickio. I will, Mr. Danny, I will send down one of these talkie sticks through the vent so that you can participate with your friends in your footing, priming, garage, having a uh, footy pipe garage. I'm sorry, I don't understand the new names. It's all the kids these days. Anyway, another story. Beach, are you okay? Beach, are you okay? Wiggle, wiggle, Beach, and and, and the, the the bull gag should slip down past your mouth. Good. Hello. There we go. Okay, there we go. Welcome to Footy Prime, soon to be That's renamed cool. the Footy Garage, or perhaps the Footy Cellar. In this case, uh, Nigel Nigelson uh, is always a generous host, I'm sure, to his latest house guest, Danny Dickio, in the basement, quarantining as we speak. And, uh, well, you may have heard, I'm sure, those of you that follow Canadian football, um, Toronto FC are in a bit of a COVID hell at the moment. Um, one of those people in that hell is Danny Dickio. Deej, how is quarantine treating you? Are you just enjoying the silence? Boring as hell. Absolutely boring. So what are you doing? Well, I can't read and I can't write. Two things that I should have concentrated on a lot more at school. 
I've run out of Netflix shows to watch. So when they told you at school, one day you're going to wish you learned how to read, that day came. That day has come finally, Greg. And I, I, I really now wish I was as intelligent as you. <laughs> Craig can read? Wow. Yeah. Slowly. <laughs> I thought the reason that there's no, never a teleprompter at the Sportsnet's soccer broadcast was because you guys can't read. Well, I Correct. <laughs> or Jerry could. Jerry could read actually very well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he was a good, a good reader. He didn't use a teleprompter much other than just throwing it to a feature or something. No, I know. I, you know, I, I know. Well, because of Jerry, when I first went there, I'd, I'd used a prompter a little bit on my previous shows, but again, it was generally thrown to features or, or stuff, not within the show. Yeah. But then I came and realized that Jerry did not use a prompter. And he was adamant about that saying, you know, kids nowadays come out of school and they're slaves to the prompter. And, and he ad-libbed pretty much everything. Yeah, and true. therefore, so did I have to ad-lib everything, which was terrifying at first. But, uh, but after you get, it's actually better. Way easier. You can become a slave to it, right? Yeah. Like Danny's a slave to Nigel. You can become a slave <laughs> to the prompter. Yes. And then if, God forbid, it freezes or, or something happens, yeah. Watch out. Yeah. Whole show goes to shit. Well, yeah. Craig, you're, I have to tell you, you're the only person who may be able to answer this. Who did you like better, James Sherman or Jerry Dawson? <laughs> well, since James is here. Yeah. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Shut up. Put that ball gag back Wasn't in your mouth. Jerry great? Did you work with Jerry too? Yeah. Jerry was a legend. He's not dead. He's in He's Florida. He's a living legend. A living Pretty legend. Much. There you go. We keep Are saying that sure? getting Jerry. You know, when we finally get out of this bloody, you know, COVID hellhole and we get guests back on the show, we're going to get Jerry on the show. Yes. He'd be a great one to have. He'll be back. Yeah. Some great stories. I bet he's got his uh, vaccination by now. He's like 80. <laughs> <laughs> living in Palm Springs. Living in Palm Springs, yeah. yeah. Definitely vaccinated. Yeah. Very white area. There'll be vaccines everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. Every corner shop. <laughs> vaccine. Can I give you a vaccine, sir? Had two yeah. already. Eh, have another one in the house. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Viagra Alley. There's Viagra Alley? Palm Springs. <laughs> Is that they call it? Viagra Alley? <laughs> For the um, newlyweds and the nearly deads. Speaking of nearly deads, teach. <laughs> <laughs> still stuck in the uh, in the quarantine hell in Nigel's uh, manner. But seriously, DJ, I mean, you haven't, you know, you're, you're a football coach, and throughout this pandemic, we've all struggled in certain degrees. But it must be killing you not to be on that field and, and actually watching your kids play games. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been tough, not not only for myself, but for the, the new staff that have come in as well, Chris Armas and his staff that are, are still trying to get to know the the players, and the players are still trying to get to know the new staff and the philosophy, but I must say the last three weeks or so being back out on the pitch, being back out on the field was, was wonderful, you know, because we finally saw some light at the end of the tunnel being just, even just being back out there, kicking the ball around and just going through the, the early stages of pre-season. And it just shows you how quickly you can get kicked in the butt. Um, we're all having to go through this protocol now, players, staff, media that were involved within our bubble and, uh, and our cohort. And it's just it's just really disappointing because the, the, the boys, the players were starting to understand the new mythology that, that 
Chris is trying to bring to the team and it's a little bit different than what Greg uh, was using. Um, and it's just, as you said, disappointing for everyone involved. And we know that there's a lot more to this pandemic and health is the priority for everyone involved. But um, as I said, it's, it's, it's a real kick in the balls because we were just getting back into the swing of things and, and feeling some normality again. You reckon that some owners, I'm looking at, you know, some of the poor performances this year in various sports, you know, be it, be it football, be it hockey, whatever. And do you think some ownership groups and managers, maybe some players, certainly some fans are thinking, you know what? Who cares about this year? It's kind of a write-off, you know. Let's just get through this year. There's no fans in the stadiums. You know, there's no pressure really to perform in front of the punters. Just get, if we don't perform well in this year, then eh, so be it. We'll, we'll, we'll reset and get back to it next year. I don't know if it'd be exactly like that, but I, I think there's, it is, it does affect people differently. Just like the other way. Put, a, put fans in the stadium and shrink it to a different, different player in some cases. So, yeah, you're going to see differences. And, and away teams, I think the, the results are better than they, they, they were. And that, mm-hmm. the influence that the crowd have on the referee and decisions isn't there. It's easy yeah. for the referees, I would say. Definitely less pressure. And then they just give it to VAR to screw up. Oh, by the way, you saw the referee um, in the Ipswich game last week, right? When he, um, uh, Darren Drysdale, the referee, he really went head-to-head with uh, the Ipswich player, um, Alan Judge. Did you see this? I did not. You saw it right, Deitch? You must have seen this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so basically the player said something to him and, and the referee had enough of it and went nose to nose. And it's like, is he going to punch him out? And it came out today what he actually called him, right? Um, so so <laughs> the judge, the Ipswich player, called Darren Drysdale, the referee, you cheating bald cunt. <laughs> <laughs> now, does that warrant the referee in that position of power to confront the player physically or should he take the high ground or when you breach the old C-bomb on yeah, the field that's enough Deej tell me if I'm wrong <laughs> if that is the first time that he ever heard of that it'd be a shock to me no chance exactly like he's, he would have heard worse than that but I think just looking back on the details from that game that. apparently they were at it all game and the, and the, the player in question was was giving the, the referee stick all game, and then he's made a couple of bad decisions, and I think the referee just blew his top. And it was it was amazing to see a referee overpowering and kind of looking down on this player and going head to te- head to head with him. I think he's been suspended as well now, Shams, has he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Although maybe I've got it wrong. Was it actually the offensive word "bald," not "cunt"? What's what's more offensive, Dij? Like. When someone calls definitely, you... Def, yeah, definitely bald. Uh, I get really <laughs> upset. Definitely uh, when my kids call me bald or they sing my Danny Dicchio's Got No Hair song. Like, I, I keep telling them that I do not need to be reminded of this every day. I obviously wake up and look at myself in the mirror with my big bald slap head. So, uh, <laughs> yes, that's definitely more detrimental than calling me The referee the was word. 50 years old, too. Was he 50? He's yeah. 50. He should have known better. He, he shouldn't have done that. But I guess, I guess, you have He's to apologize one for his thing. actions. Yeah, of course he did. Yeah. I, I, if I may, I'm sorry. Holy. I was hiding in the in the rear. I've I've never had a complaint <laughs> about anything bald in that area. 
Uh, so I, I would take it as a, oh, please, I'll have another. Perhaps that's just me. <laughs> I'll show myself out. <laughs> how, hey, how did Nigel's uh, newly adopted team get on today, guys? Which one's that, Deitch? Well, they played against Ajax today in the Europa League. <laughs> <laughs> young, young boys of Bern? Yeah. Was <laughs> they the lost, Deitch. They lost. You know oh, that young oh. boys, that, you know where they, and I've used this, this, this little bit in many a podcast in my time, just to get the the cheap laughs. And it's true, though, the young boys of Bern play in a stadium called the Wankdorf. <laughs> yeah. Yes, the Wankdorf. It's right up Nigel Street. Yeah. <laughs> Every <laughs> time Jerry said that. Hey, or, we, you never, we never played there for the... We never had a Europa League? No, I think we did, because I'm, I'm sure we yes, giggled about it. Yes. I'm sure there was some giggling you, going on, I'm sure. Look at me. Because I was... <laughs> at the Wankdorf. <laughs> Dwarf means what? Doesn't matter, does it, really? <laughs> wank is the part of the, the yeah, name exactly. that is amusing. Well, that's what makes wank even more important. Wank. I mean, dwarf, sorry, even more important. The wank does. Yeah. The wank. <laughs> what the hell? Jesus, have another smoke. <laughs> anyway, um, they lost, Deej. Your Milan. Your Milan uh, drew United today. Yes. The young lad played. played. Very, they played very well as well. Probably the best I've seen Milan play this year. Um, and I, I think he, I was watching it with my son Franco, who unfortunately is a Manchester United fan, and he was very quiet all game. And I think it just highlighted how mediocre of a team Manchester United are at the moment. And they played okay against Man City and pulled off a very good result. They caught Man City on an off day, but today Milan really took the, the game to him and we were missing like four or five of our starters as well. So this is going to be an interesting return leg and in a couple of weeks. I think Ibra's going to be back. Rebic is going to be back. Tio's going to be back and maybe Manchester United get a couple of their boys like Rashford who missed the game today back as well. So are we back on the uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer should be fired bandwagon or are we still aboard the give him around a bit longer? No, because I think they they just started off really bad, and and it's funny because the the actual commentator was talking about Ole's comments after the Man City game, where they came out firing in all cylinders in the first half, and the commentator must have done some some of the uh, game media afterwards, and he asked him why why can't your team come out like that every game, and he said basically they're only human. So I thought that was an interesting comment because they've started so flat today, but he got them in at half time and they, they performed a lot better in the second half Manchester United. But I have to give a lot of credit to, to Milan. They, they, they could have won the game by two or three. Um, they had a couple of goals disallowed early on and it sets it up for a really nice uh, second, second leg. Um, what did you Arsenal think of got, the uh, young lad Diello? Yes, he was very good half. coming in today as well. Nice goal. I, I, I was telling Franco how difficult of a goal that was, Craig. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know if you can explain it, but even from a goalkeeper's point of view, because he made a late run in the box, but he's kind of facing backwards to the keeper, isn't he? Yeah, like Pat Nevin apparently uh, on television over there was saying exactly the same thing. You guys have no idea how hard a finish that is. Amazing. Yeah, because... 
as a goalkeeper, you you must be thinking, I'm stuck in a little bit of no man's land here, but I'm hoping he's going to bring the ball down on his chest and pivot, and hopefully I can gamble and read what side he's going to go. But very, very quick thinking from the young player who came on at half-time, and he, he, he adjusted, and he delicately put that ball with a flick of the head over the keeper. Maybe maybe Craig could uh, explain the, the Milan call. <laughs> Craig, how was that? <laughs> that was a cracker. Hey, Craig, can you explain what happened there? <laughs> I'm not going into that. <laughs> <laughs> Craig didn't watch the game. <laughs> not at all, in fairness. Um, hey, you know what this, this whole... You always you always hear it, right? Oh, you have no idea how hard a goal that is to actually score. It always comes from former strikers you know in the media. I had it. <laughs> That's like you saying um, you don't know how hard it was to make that beef and <laughs> onion pie. It's not just about putting the ingredients it in isn't. the pie and putting it in. No, it you're right. Anybody that's, can do that. That's a great, no, they can't. It's a great comparison. It wouldn't you, be a you gotta, you gotta, pie, though. you got to have the, <laughs> you gotta have the, uh, the love in the stirring or something or other. <laughs> I don't know. You didn't, you didn't hear that... Uh, Basically, Craig was lying the whole time, and Charms, he nutted him out right I there. threw him under the bus. He did. He stabbed him in the back. What was the guy who stabbed you in the back, the physiotherapist? Nick the Knife. knife. Oh, son of a bitch. Let's go hunt that <laughs> motherfucker down. <laughs> the dodgy hey. physio. Juve and Barca both crashed out as well. First time since I think 2005, neither Messi or Ronaldo were in the in the quarterfinals, the Champions League. Is this kind of good for the Champions League a little bit? I know that, that you you won't agree, but you know what? A bit of change, new faces. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I hope they will see them again a few more times, but never can say you can't. But it is nice to see a you know, Barcelona take a step backwards at this stage for the first time for a long time, right? Yeah, absolutely, a long time. And, and you, well, Juve, I mean, dominant for so long, and now Pirlo comes in, and they're just shadows of their former selves. Ronaldo's being criticized vehemently by the, the Turin media, and saying what this guy makes, it hasn't been a success. They haven't got their Champions League crown. A bit harsh to them, I suppose. But oh, at the same sick. point, I mean, is, he, is it time for a rebuild at Juventus, Deitch? Well, listen, Ronaldo is getting a lot of stick because of the free kick that Porto scored late on, which basically sent them through. I don't know if you saw the goal, Craig, but basically it's a strike from... (laughs) No, I don't know if Craig saw it or not, but it was from like 40 yards out, Craig. So the guy's running up. You know he's going to ding a shot from a long way out. And Ronaldo is in the three or four-man wall, and he just basically lifts his leg up and turns away from the free kick. It's, it's terrible what he does. Oh, and no. the ball kind of sneaks under him and goes hard and low. Shresny should do a little bit better as well. But the, the Italian media have vilified Ronaldo for this. And they're basically saying this was the year that he had to repay his debt. Come on, he's been the top scorer for <laughs> Juve dead. the last two years in the league. They've won the They've won the league. He scored goals. He's what, 34, 35 years old now? Yeah, 34, I think. That's so, that's insane. Like, but that's typical, listen, isn't it? It's like, what have you done for me lately? Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's outrageous. It's outrageous. But listen, Juve are very similar to Bayern 
Shams, where they buy the best players in the Italian league. It's very known that they, the, the, the players want to go and play for Juve as well. So they tap up a lot of the, the talent that's in uh, the likes of Atalanta and places like that, Napoli, uh, Sassuolo, good, good young players that are coming up. And Juve have, have had a renowned record for that. For me, um, I thought it was a bad decision to bring Pirlo in. He was a fantastic player. He hasn't got the experience yet. They needed someone with experience to control the likes of the Ronaldos and people like that, but also to give them that edge as a team tactically to push them into the Champions League and, and trying to compete to win it because that's what all Juve fans want. They're bored of winning Serie A. They've won like nine in a row now. Yeah, it's true. But it's hard. They're hard, harsh on it for well, sure. By the way, what's that? Supporto. Yeah. And Pepe, who's who's older than me and Craig. <laughs> That's right. Like, no, he's still playing well, isn't he? He looks he's very good in that Porto outfit as well, doesn't he? That, 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 that strip. Would Dunlop be happy about that Porto win? Uh, well, he, he, you know, he, yeah, he would, even though he's a Benfica fan. No, that's what I was why. Oh. That's why I was you wondering. Know how it is, you know, the, the Portuguese fans over here, you know, they might be Porto or Benfica, but they just support the Portuguese team, which is never going to happen, actually, in Portugal. If you're Benfica, you don't like Porto. I don't if think that happens here in Toronto. No. What, with uh, North American sports? No, we're just the Benfica Porto fans in Toronto. I thought you said that. No, they get on fine as well. Yeah, well, no, 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 no really. they, they hate each other, but when it comes down to it, I've been in enough rooms with, with a Benfica fan watching yeah. a Porto game and they're cheering for Porto in that match and vice versa. How about uh, our old producer there, Dan Fernandez? Right, prime example, Danny Fernandez. He's Benfica. M- pure Benfica fan. wife and all her family are Porto. But in the end, they might separate out of that. Yeah, there's other reasons why they separate. <laughs> you know, Dan. Uh, I just joke. Dan's a great guy. Um, but yeah, but I've watched. Speed bump. You, but you've watched Champions League. You've watched, <laughs> you've watched Champions League games with Dan, and if Porto's playing, he's going to be on the Porto side. If they're playing in the Champions League, no. Yeah, I guarantee it. Really? For sure. Really? Yeah. Because they're Portugal at that point. They're not Porto. They're Portugal. Well, I'm going to talk to him this week and. Let you Send know. him a text right now. Ask him. Okay. I don't think he... I I just, hey, guys, I just remember Dan vividly, like, during programs where we were live on air or on a Saturday afternoon where we were doing the third game, where we'd be looking for our producer and looking for little tidbits of information about the boring game that we had to do probably in the afternoon. And he was nowhere to be seen, only to be found after the program had finished up in the in the offices watching a Benfica game. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we probably shouldn't rip Dan's uh, professionalism. He's still working for the company. <laughs> he oh, laughed. He's going to be laid off. Wait a second. He left his show to watch a game? He didn't miss the entire show. <laughs> yeah. But there was a time there. Where the hell is Dan? <laughs> In fairness, it was like the Portuguese Cup final or something. No, it was it was on the regular charms. Oh, was it, was it regular? <laughs> yeah. he, just, he just left chops in charge. <laughs> hey, imagine! I, I'm really. I, mean, I wish we were in many ways still doing that show. It was fun, and imagine this year though with chops, maybe the biggest lead supporter in this country. He'd be yeah. wearing a different lead strip every single day, wouldn't he? Yeah, nuts. Loved yeah. his leads. He does. You'd wear that shirt when they were nowhere to be seen. Down in the lower divisions, remember? Yep. You used it's his nickname. Dream. Hmm? You used his nickname. Chops. What's his real name? Aaron Lamb. Yeah. 
And I think Deitch uh, crowned him Chops, right? Didn't you, Deitch? Yeah, Lamb Chops. Lamb Chops, yeah. When I first met him, I didn't know his last name was Lamb, and he's called Chopper. And I thought it's because he was really good at chopping up, cut, you know, video, you know, as a producer. No. So that's why I thought, no, no. Lamb, Lamb Chops. Was Danny Dickio involved in that? Yes. Speaking of nicknames, what's the best nickname you, 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 uh, you had as a player? What was your nickname, Deech? Was it always just Deech? No, I was speaking about this the other day because when I was just coming through the ranks into the first team, the media and the press around England decided to call me the Hammersmith horse. And, and this is something I'm not really happy with because Hammersmith is an area in London. Um, and a horse is what is, you look like. That, that is close to... Why the log face? <laughs> yeah. And it's actually a hospital I was born in was Hammersmith Hospital, but it's nowhere near Hammersmith. It's actually next to Wormwood Scrubs Prison. And next oh, to even better. School, you mean you weren't born there? <laughs> I wasn't born in there. No, I wasn't born in Wormwood Scrubs. But no. His dad was in reason, there, but his mum was in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, you were more offended by the fact that it was Hammersmith, not the horse part, for the Hammersmith part. Yeah, nothing about the horse, but Hammersmith, because <laughs> I'm not from Hammersmith. I thought it was totally the horse. So why were they calling you a horse? Just because you were big and strapping? Or was it the hair? Or I run like a horse? Or It's the mane. It was the mane, yeah, wasn't it? Mean. The long hair. Yeah, I bet long you. hair as well. Long yeah. hair, so maybe it was that. But I, I, I quickly put a stop to it, because I said, I'm not from Hammersmith. I'm from Labrick Grove, Notting Hill, which is a different part of West London. If you're from West London, you know about that. So... I was that was one of my nicknames, and then obviously through my career, I was just known as Deech. Everyone just would call me Deech for whatever team I played at. Have you noticed that that Deech has always been kind of defined by his head, right? It was the long hair before, right, when he was younger, right, known for the the, the, the flowing the flow, yeah. And then as he's got older, and the bald head, TFC in particular, he's become that iconic image of the bald head. It's always been his head. Yeah, it's like he's got like all these different. Lives he's lived, yeah. Different personalities, yeah. Like, yeah. Was long hair Deech different to bald Deech? Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> We're very brave well, in, in, in the room here. There's some good-looking bald guys. Come on. No, you wear it very well. Listen, Craig. Craig had a nice little curled mullet as well. Back yeah, well, in the he, day. he permed it though, right? What do you mean? I still do. What are you talking about? <laughs> Now, your nickname was Stacks. Stacks. Now, can you see? You've exp- can you explain to the audience why you were called Stacks? Yeah. When I was sixteen, I was the same height as I am now. And uh, when I was at Ipswich, first day of preseason, they said we're going to introduce you to the squad. And their first team dressing room was down the hall. I go down there, scared shitless, going in the dressing room to meet the first team and get introduced to them all. And I walked in, I can't, I think it was Trevor Putney. And these guys are men, right? Like yeah, full exactly. grown men. Yeah. Some of them are mid thirties. <laughs> right. Nigel, calm down. Like, yeah. So I was pretty terrified. And then, uh, one of them said, well, cause you remember the, I think they call them platforms here in the seventies, you know, the platform shoes, the stack shoes, they called them in England, I guess. Yeah. So he said, fucking hell, he's got stack shoes on, doesn't he? Because I was like, the door was low. I had to duck to get under the door. Door was so old. 
So yeah, I was fairly tall for uh, for a soccer player. So that's that's how it started because of someone because because yeah. you're tall. Yeah. So Fergie so, was like, "Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> stacks," and that's it. It just stuck. It's a good nickname though. It's a great stacks. nickname. A horrible story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eh? Bullying. Yeah. Intimidation. Yeah. <laughs> And was there a no hazing ritual off. involved? I don't like- usually I, – I, I don't tell everybody that the true story. Oh, God. <laughs> was the boy in the bubble. I was the boy in the bubble. Me huh? and John Travolta. <laughs> <laughs> then what no, that happened, Craig? Oh, that, was, that was a true story. Yeah. But the, the lie is better. What's the lie? Well, I like, you know, was in the shower and <laughs> guys saw me and they went, hey, look at the stacks. I was like, thanks very much. That's a better story. And no, it was for the platform shoes. Stack shoes. Stack shoes. Okay, there you have it. Because it hasn't really carried that. Nickname hasn't carried through Canada so much. Nope. Right? Nope. I, 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 I've never called you Stacks. Never felt comfortable enough to call you. I think we're good mates, but I never felt comfortable to call you Stacks. Interesting. Because I wasn't there maybe when, when you were known as Stacks. Right. Maybe. Right, Canadian players called me. Yeah? They do, yeah. yeah, yeah. Brennan does, right? Jimmy yeah. does. Yeah, yeah. Went into the Canadian I, team. Guys, I prefer Greg. Greg, yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> Tr is best. Thomas Rungan. Thomas live Rungan. Live on t- TV. Poor guy. Good old Greg. Greg and Gary. <laughs> Greg and Gary, wasn't it? And Gary called Jerry yeah. Gary. That's right. Yeah. Uh, hey, to, Greg and Gary. We had to redo this whole segment. Remember on Fox when we were doing that yeah. segment? I was like, why? Well, because Thomas keeps calling Craig. Greg. And I'm like, it's fine. He's Dutch. You couldn't tell. I know. Well, the other thing is you don't give a shit about stuff like that. No, exactly. You're like, I'm, like, I'm out of here. What? Like, everybody totally understands. So Thomas goes, I was not calling him Greg. I was calling him Greg. <laughs> So they're like, exactly. So you couldn't even say it. But, but I think we did it again. But over here, though, like, I call you Craig, right? Whereas yeah. Craig is, is very much a Canadian way of pronouncing Craig. Yeah, soft. It's soft, right? Yeah. yeah a little so soft, it could easily be mistaken. What's your nickname there? Right, that's true. Wonga? <laughs> yeah. was, was Wonga their nickname? Uh, no, uh, coaches always used to call me and never understood this was Danny Wong. So it was just Danny Wong. Because that was your name. Yes. But no, that's the original. Not name. Danny. I not was Danny. always Danielle because I'm French, right? So my dad, who was English, even called me. You were Danielle, Danielle Wong? Danielle. Is it your christened? Danielle Wong? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So you just got Danielle Dickio? Yeah. Danielle we're the, Wong. We're the same. You're so cultured. Yeah. You. And the other thing is, French that's why Italian. we get along. French yeah. and Italian, eh? Look at that. Well, you look, you'll be obviously super Italian. I know. <laughs> when I look at Dan, I, I, you just. Ooze. Ooze Italiano. Yeah. No, French. <laughs> that too. <laughs> so Danny was the, the nickname. Danny, is, it's not a nickname, though, is it? It's more of a just yeah, a play on. Deploy- but then it turned into Wonger and uh, D-dubs sometimes. Okay, D-dubs. That's better. Yeah. Even Wonger, like it's like a no, you know, like typical what dudes do, right? Just play on the last yes, name. Yes, which is yeah. not. In, and my brother, my older brother's Wonger, too. Yeah. Yeah, so it's yeah exactly. Like, well, at least he's Wonger 2. Wonger 2? No, I'm a Wonger 1. I would be Wonger 3, but the other two were Wongers. Oh, yeah. So it's not like me and a billion other Wongs. There's a lot of Wongers out there. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, that's great. Uh, JC. JC's here, by the way, as well. We should have mentioned that as well. Do you have a nickname? 
apart from JC? I really call people their names. I always try and find some little... Uh... No. You know, nothing, eh? No, I Jeff think... Cole? I'm sure I have. JC was the big one. Was it? Yeah, it was, yeah. Mm. Or uh, the muskrat. The muskrat? Yeah. Why? <laughs> oh, because... I'd get under. I'd get in in sticky situations. <laughs> do, do muskrats get in sticky situations? I told you, it's me. It's yes. Nigel Nigelson. No. I I was wearing a mask. Ah, 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 the muskrat is me. I'm sorry. I'll I'll show myself out again. JC is in a cage somewhere. <laughs> hey guys, guys. So talking about nicknames and stuff in England, they're the worst for nicknames. Like, and sometimes they're so stupid. It's interesting. I had a friend when I was younger called Jeff Wong. What's sorry, Jet Wong? Jet Jeff Wong. Yeah, we I had, we had a oh, mate Jeff. when we were young called Jeff Wong, okay. and we didn't like that name, so someone <laughs> made it up. We just called him You Ain't. We were like, why? Why? Why are you calling him You Ain't? It's like it's just better than Jeff. <laughs> but then he, he said, as it got on, like because. A friend Jeff, he didn't like it. He said, "Just call me JW." Or, or in England, they always put an E on the end of things. He just call me Wongy. Yeah. He said, "No, you're you're you ain't." And then he said, "Well, explain why." He said, "Because you ain't Wong." <laughs> <laughs> so you're calling him you ain't you for ain't. all the time because you ain't Wong. <laughs> he says, "Yeah." So it, that stuck. So he's still known as you ain't. It's funny to this show, but just just I because just, yeah. you didn't like his name, so we, we don't like the name Jeff. So therefore, you're not. It's not a good name. It's not a good name. So you're called you ain't now, meaning you aren't. But in England, in London, we say you ain't. You ain't one. Um, but what? I had a, I had friends. I had a friend like Jeff as well, who was JC, and we just called him Jesus. He was just known as Jesus. Maybe we should start that with Wonger. John Carlin. We just called no, him Jesus. you ain't. JC, um, but as I said, <laughs> we just like we in England, especially in the football environment. Craig will tell you this as well. Whatever your name was, you was never called your first name. Mm-hmm. So if you were Jones or if you were um, Phillips or whatever it was, you they would always put a Y on the end of it. You would always be Jonesy or Smithy. Or even Smithy was changed to Smudger as well. Smudger, yeah. Or, Alan Smith, Smudgy. Smudge, right? Yeah, Smudger. Yeah, certain Delsey names always were the guys. Well, like Barry, Barry's... If your second name was, your surname, there was always an E on the end of it or a Y. I, I never, never understood, never though, the... Your first name. Barry would be Baza. Gary is Gaza. Baza, yeah. Darren is Daza. Uh, I, I never understood why, but every Barry, Gary, or Darren, any is called Daza, Baza, or Gaza. No matter yeah. what. The best, the best nickname I've heard in football terms was uh, the the big centre half Fitz Hall. Uh, used to play for QPR. Uh, I forgot who else he used to play for, and they called him One Size. <laughs> one Size Fitz Hall. That's great. Yeah, that was that was his uh, that was his nickname. One Size. What about um uh, Per Matasaka? Was called BFG. The BFG. Yeah, big friendly giant. No, big fucking German. <laughs> I love those those names. What's most was it any really offensive names teammates you had or things that perhaps you know you you just you kept it in the room but you couldn't take it outside the room? Yellow dad. <laughs> <laughs> good old yellow dad. Oh, good old fashioned racism. <laughs> you're trying to you're trying to sound like me there, so it's not like I said it. <laughs> yeah, 
Yellow Dan. Yellow Dan. <laughs> yeah, I love a good nickname. What's Harry Kane's? Oh, Biggles, right? Biggles, yeah. Biggles. Yes, I don't know. I don't have his nickname per se, but people call him Biggles. Kane, by the way, right now. Kane and Son, Hungman Song, This past week, they uh, combined for their fourteenth goal this year, which uh, surpasses the the record set by um, Alan Shearer and Chris Sutton back in the back. Sas. Days. Sas. That's right. Fourteen goals combined, and it got me thinking: like, what what that's makes a great amazing. strike partnership? The, 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 you often, get, you get great players up front together. But it doesn't always work. Is it just a? It must be a certain complementary factor. Is it a mental connection? Well, Deej, you talk to us about that. I mean, I would say if I if I'm going to take a bit of a guess, I mean, it's it's a bit of a. I mean, you can coach it, but you also have to be somewhat instinctual about it, you know. Um, and it just happens. It's almost. Uh, it's magical when it does, but it doesn't always happen. Is it like a love affair? You meet someone and that chemistry is there, that X factor. There's something you can't put into words, but it just works for a short time, perhaps. Yeah, and then it disappears. Fizz, yeah, fitters away. Yeah, fitters away. <laughs> Down the drain. <laughs> is that how it is, DJ? <laughs> you, guys, you guys are so romantic. Isn't there a song, The Feeling Is Gone or something? But Deesh, yeah, Deesh, I mean, feeling's going well. As a big man up front, you know, I mean, you and Kevin Phillips has some success, right? You know, um, yeah. Who is who is your favourite strike partner? The one that you just kind of jived, you know, better than most with. I think it was the, the boy I grew up with at um, QPR, Kevin Gallen, who who should have went on. I've mentioned this before, and played at a top top level, maybe even for England as well. And he was a, a very very good player. At a young age, and we we probably played from ten, eleven in the QPR youth teams all the way up into the first team. And he unfortunately got a really bad ACL when we were away at Portsmouth, probably in his second or third year as a pro in the in the QPR team. And that really put a hamper to his his. He came yeah. back from it, but he was never the same, in my opinion. That's, and I think you'll admit awful. that now. But I go back to. It's, it's definitely the chemistry between not so much liking each other because we can speak about certain strike partnerships where it could be Sheringham and Cole who actually hated each other. Uh, Shearer played up front with a player as well that he didn't particularly get on with as well at one of his clubs. And you don't have to really like each other, whether it be off the field, socialising or even liking each other on the field but it's that instinct and that chemistry of knowing what the strengths are of your strike partner where he's going to be moving where um, he's going to be running where he's going to be shooting where he's going to be flicking balls and that's where you really get a good chemistry and understanding of of your strike partner and players around you and that goes for playing with certain wingers certain fullbacks who put early crosses in or like chipping up balls to the back back posties these are things you train every day and you understand you get to know within that relationship as i said you don't have to like that person there's not chemistry in that sense it's just you understand what his strengths are what he's going to do at a certain time and you're going to be there for him i have to say dish this is the most you've ever analyzed anything. You should be in quarantine with Nigel a lot more. 
<laughs> you were awesome. That was a minute and a half of pure analysis. It was so. That, so go ahead. You can't concentrate that long. No, no, when he's no. With us, exactly. I think it's us. We bring him down. <laughs> Maybe right. Yeah, that four was it. The four fifty eight. The four fifty eight is yeah. all because of us. Because of us. Yeah, when he's just by himself, like he's just a he's a well savant, savant, a football savant. <laughs> savant. He's we, probably uh, looking forward to talking to somebody, even if it's over a yeah a computer, as opposed to just pleading no to Nigel. Yeah, it's yeah. a bit of a change for him. Yeah, but yeah. Let, let's put it into like date a, a dating app. Do you say say it's like a Tinder and you're like sliding left or right, and, and you you are sliding. Name one player in the world, past to present, that you think with your skill set you would have jived really well with. Oh, that's a that's a good question. That is a good very question. good question. <laughs> Don't be so surprised, everyone. Jesus, I think you do all right with Messi. <laughs> so would I. Yeah, well, that's right. You'd be like the no, you know, uh, Semenko of the Gretzky line. Really good chemistry with because I think he's just a clever player and he's a little <laughs> siren in the eighteen-yard box and he just. Has a good understanding of where things are bouncing, where things are being laid off, is Luis Suarez. I just think he's he's that fox in the box that just understands and sniffs out danger. And uh, playing with a big man, I think he'd be very, very good. I think you, there'd be nothing left of the defense. He'd be going to eat them all. <laughs> Thank you, Greg. say <laughs> <laughs> it's a perfect combination. Hey, perfect hey the com- two freaking chewers. <laughs> Call it the cannibal. Cannibal Tucson yeah. may have yeah. bit someone, but <laughs> he may. But Suarez is more of a he's more of a like a he was a, he's one of those little nippers. But Deech is just right out in the open. I'm oh. going to bite your nose off. <laughs> yeah, you know Suarez and Messi they combined for 100 goals. Um, was it four years ago now? I think it was. I think Suarez's first year at Barca, 100 yeah. goals they combined That's for. Crazy. Like they both scored 100 goals between them. Yeah, really, it's incredible. I was looking at some other great, you know, partnerships, right? And, and Cole and Dwight York, there's all competitions. Andy Cole, Dwight York scored over 70 goals one year at United. Yeah, they were on fire, weren't they? Henri and Burkamp did like 40-odd in the Invincible year, right? Ooh. Again, two teams. I mean, Burkamp and Henri is a good example of two very different players, really. Just both brilliant. Very different, yeah. Yeah. Just obviously the, well, the, the blazing pace of Henri. a winger, did he not? Yeah, yeah Juve. Juve. Yeah. Rush and Dalglish were amazing. Back in the uh, yeah. in the eighties, any other combos you can think of? Well, the thing now as well, and I'm going to ask Craig this because the systems and formations have changed a lot. Because back in our day, it was it was always a four four two or two strikers up mm-hmm. top, and things have obviously evolved so that there's one one striker who can do a lot of the the striker's two jobs where he can run in behind, be mobile, he can link the play, he can score goals, he can head head balls, he can flick things. But now I think we're starting to trend back into two forwards playing up top. But it's not the same as back in the old days where it's a little and large. It's actually two kind of unbelievable movement, mobility. They've got everything just causing utmost damage to the opponent's defence now. So I was going to ask Greg, what was the best forward Pairing or forwards that you played with, Craig? Do you remember, like Ipswich, West Ham? I mean, I played against York and Cole. Obviously, uh, that was successful. (laughs) Only conceded five. Um, No, that you played with, Craig. (laughs) I know, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, Partnerships. You know what? When we went to the Premier League, Chris Kawamia did quite well. Uh, 
Boncho Genshev, a Bulgarian international. Um, but not really as such, no. Oh, Ditch, it's Wonger. Um, I know Craig's favorite partner was Jerry Dobson. <laughs> big man, little man. That was a big man, little man combo. Yeah, hit me on the diagonal. Yep. Knock it down for the wee man. But when you, you, I mean, you said before, Craig, at Chelsea, you and then, you know, it's the first time in your career you thought, man, how can we ever lose a game with this talent? Yeah. Like up top, you had, you know, well, that's Viali right. and yeah, like, Viali and Zola. Zola, right? Jesus yeah. Christ. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad at all. Not bad. How about in the training field? Like when you, were you looking forward to facing them on the training? It just was to unbelievable. Enjoy it? I got to say, the very first training session, even, I mean, I was, what time what was I? I was still around 30. So I've been around a long time. Those guys, the players knew me and all that, but I was still like, wow, these guys are... Awestruck. These guys are just... Yeah, bit. I was, yeah. I mean, Hullet was the manager. I didn't really know much about his personality or whatever. and He was probably the most difficult out of anybody. Not not so much as difficult. He just... He was... He was very arrogant. Yeah. And... Because of who he was, or just naturally, yeah, he always yeah, was. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but you got to think. You got Zola in there. You got Viali in there. You, you know, these guys are massive in their own right, world class players. And those guys weren't like that at all. They were so down to earth and with a oh, amazing Viali too. Amazing. Eh? Yeah, yeah. Viali was. I can see Zola being that way for sure, being so diminutive. Both of them, really. amazing human beings. Who else was on that team? Was, was Frank LeBuff in that team? LeBuff was. He on was that right. Team, yeah, he was a fun, fun guy to play behind a bit. Just dominant, yeah. right? Yeah, the, the players called them Le Pouf. Oh, right. Just because of Le Pouf, and he wouldn't. He would, because he would. sounds like my sort of man. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll show myself out. Well, it's not really. I mean, it's not really a nice thing to say, but that's what they used to call him. Really? Yeah. Well, because he was. He, I mean, he was a fantastic footballer, and even then, in the you know around two thousands and late nineties, he was still pretty physical. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want any part of that. Oh, no? Right. Oh, no. If you needed him to put a challenge in, put his head in anywhere, no, he wouldn't. Homophobia in, in, in the football world in the late 90s? No, I don't believe Wait, it. Was he gay, right though? N- no. Oh, so it was using a derogatory, a derogatory term. No, that's what I wanted to know. So okay. Next, you'd be telling me that there's racism in the royal family. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think... Easy there, Shams. Easy there. <laughs> no, really? We, we just lost our third UK listener. <laughs> yeah. There would be no Dickio in the royal family. That's for sure. <laughs> They'll welcome Nazis, though. That's right. They, they literally will. Pretty they, eyes. Literally. Pretty literally. eyes. What a disgrace. Yeah. What a disgrace. I ate your chicken balti, by the way. Oh, did you? Oh, it's good, isn't it, dude? That's my third one that I've gotten from you. Is it? Yeah, it's my first Is go-to. It? Your first, yeah, no, that's my yeah, favorite my as well. That, that's de- designed in the Midlands of England in the football stadiums back in the nineties. Yeah, because it's not in a, a that came into when curries were introduced. The go-to food, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yes, I have a beer, please. Thank you, all of a JC. Sudden, thank all of a sudden you, in England, Amsterdam like, Brewery. I need the washroom, actually. Can you, uh, can you guys just uh, keep talking over. without me? I'm sure yeah. you can. <laughs> Absolutely. I think it'd be okay. Oh, so the other thing is, Danny, 
Do you know what Craig Forrest's favorite, and you're not doing it yet, but your his favorite time of the week is uh, listening to you sing footy picks. Yeah, I'm sure it is. He <laughs> is. When, and, and, and if we go to footy garage, which we are going to, how are you going to finish off? Because that footy prime, footy picks on footy prime was a legendary finish. You're going to well, have to work I got, on. I got, I got to practice that in my little cellar here. Yeah. Nigel, in my Nigel's, cellar. Nigel takes the orange out of my mouth. I might be able to practice it a little bit better. Man, well, oh so man. we also if you, we if, you, if you if you play nicely, Mister Dick, I promise to let you have the orange out f- for a moment to practice your sing your song and dance. <laughs> Thank you, Nigel. Have you not invested in Disney Plus and just watched every Star Wars or like this has been a boring week for you? Yeah, it's been pretty lame, to be quite honest. Um, I've been catching up on a lot of work, um, obviously prepping for the national team as well. So looking forward to that in 10 days' time when we go down to Florida. But um, What's that schedule? Been, Does it remain the same? Yeah, so I think um, the Bermuda game is on the Wednesday, which I think is around the 25th, and then... I'm not sure about the Cayman Islands game, the confirmation of the date there, but uh, the two games will be going ahead, which is great news because we've got to get these World Cup qualifiers. And where are they playing them, Beach? Sorry? Where are they playing them? They're playing them down in Florida. One's definitely going to be in Orlando um, at the Omni Resort. I'm not sure where the second one's going to be played, but it'll be somewhere down there. And, Deech, what's Hmm. the plan for, I know, TFC... Is now, you know, going to be playing out of Orlando, correct? Correct. Yes, that's where um, their home stadium, their home field, is going to be for the first round of games, and then hopefully we're going to try and get back up to, to Canada at some time. But as you know, it's not in our hands; um, it's in federal hands. And there's other teams like the Raptors and the Leafs that are still trying to play at home I know the lease is a little bit different because they're playing in the Canadian division but uh, the Raptors feel so sorry for them those guys they've been away for a long long time it's a little bit different because I don't think all their families live in Toronto or the surrounding yeah I feel um, sorry for those area. guys too me too like hey? I actually see you guys. shed your tear for them yeah Alex McKechnie all those guys in golfing and sunshine yeah. <laughs> There's no restrictions yeah. hardly oh, restrictions oh, down it's there. like playing away every game yeah, okay. Yeah. Yep. It's uh, No, I mean, I mean from the team's point of view, to be honest with you, it doesn't matter about the weather. It's structure, isn't it? And that's where the Raptors have lost everything. There's no structure. Oh. It's a nightmare. Uh, it's, well, it's no structure. Fair. Why? Is that, is that Nick well, Nurse's fault? No, not at well, all. It's just the situation. It's the situation. Oh, structure, you mean not on the court, beyond yeah, the court. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, completely. Is Larry staying? Heard that he's staying now. He said that he's not going to, he wants to retire a Raptor. He's gone. You think it's gone? Even he's, he's gone for because he also said after that was, "I will retire a Raptor even if it's for a one day." Oh, I see. Is that what he yeah, said? Yes. Okay, he's a Raptor, right? Because like, he feel I know. I know. Obviously, he's not a one club man. I know no. that, but it kind of feels like he is just because I've already gotten the NBA when they're right. good when he's been there. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. But oh, um, is he some trade bait as well, Dan? Philadelphia. Yeah. yeah, but I would have a hard time in. 
we talked about this on another podcast, but was, do you want to trade inside your division? It's like Montreal trading to Toronto. It, you know, unless they're on the shite end, if you're competitive, the Raptors are still competitive. Hey, how often do you break Good into point. soccer monologues in your in your basketball podcast? All the time, but that, that's because I have Craig and Danny and you to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mark Noble of West Ham fame announced this week that he'll be uh, retiring at the end of next season. One of the rare, true one-club men. Mark Noble, Craig, I mean, you know West Ham better than, well, obviously anyone here. Better than, mo- better than most people in the in- but better than most people. Um, what, better than most. What does it mean to a West Ham fan to have a guy that loyal from that part of London as oh, well? Oh, they love it. They absolutely adore him. He's got the key to the East End, right? Yeah, they love him. It, it'll, it means an absolute lot to him. I mean, just the way they're playing now, and you can see that when you see the players and what it means, to, you know, they push Man City, they lose two to one, they're heartbroken, they're, you know, that, that they're, they're, that it actually hurts them is important to the fans that it means something to them. It does mean them. something, yeah. yeah. And it's so rare. Hey, Deech? I mean, these days, and quite honestly, if you want to make money, if you're just into it for making money, moving around is going to make you more money. Would so, you agree, Danny Dicchio? You must be pretty rich. Then. <laughs> and, no, I agree. But I still think that West Ham would have looked after him all over Oh yeah, I'm not yeah, saying he was. There, <laughs> yeah, I'm I sure. think they'll look after him afterwards as well. But what a fantastic servant! He's probably been through so many head coaches there and managers and even owners as well. And to come out at the end of it being a, a one club man yeah. shows a lot of of credit to him, his family, and the pride what he has in playing for West Ham. I think so. Yeah. One only a few, very, one of the only few players great. that have actually played for Ipswich and West Ham. You are really because yeah? he, he, he did have a he was West Ham's property, but he went on loan. Oh, sorry, sorry. Okay, yeah. right. Did he really? Yeah. Huh? yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Big Phil Parks played for Ipswich. Did he? The goalkeeper. How many are there? Ipswich and West Ham's players. That's a good question. And are you the tallest? There's a lot of a lot of players that went from Ipswich, West Ham. I don't know, you loans, know. Loan spells as well to Ipswich, didn't they, Craig, from West Ham? Yeah, loan spells for sure. Is it harder to move from the north to the south or from the south to the north as a footballer, if you're in the Prem or just top top flight football? Ooh. Well, Deitch has done both. You done, yeah, Deitch, you've done both. Obviously, you're from the south, I know that, but was it a big adjustment going up north? Um... Well, when I went to Sunderland, as I said, uh, I came back from Italy, from Sampdoria, and and signed for Sunderland. And I just really wanted to get back to England itself. But boy, oh boy, it was a a real sharp shock to the system for a London boy going to the northeast um, for the first year or six months or so. It was it was tough for me and, and my wife, but after. And they generally don't like off right off the hop. You're you're already at a at a you're on your back foot because they don't typically like Southerners. No, very much. Yeah. Well, but, but I mean, how, did it take like days or weeks to get used to the the no electricity? <laughs> <laughs> That's harsh. That's very harsh. No, yeah. they, they were um, 
there are different type of people up there. And as I was saying, like after the first six months or so, we really settled in and really enjoyed our time up there. Very genuine people, very like down to earth, blue collar people, but like love their club as we've seen with the, the Sunderland documentary. And they don't have a lot of, of things to kind of do up there. And, and that's why they love their, their football club. They, they, they work hard all week and, the weekend is their biggest part apart from going to the pub and seeing family football is is their massive part of the weekend so kind of going to that after growing up in london where you have so many things and there's there's so much more cosmopolitan don't get me wrong and there's so much more to do down there back in those days it's changed a lot now in the northeast become very vibrant area as well but um it was it was tough for me as a young Londoner going up to, to the northeast for sure. I mean, uh, Noble came to West Ham uh, as a basically a trainee in the year after I left. <laughs> oh, did he? Wow, geez, that perspective, eh? Isn't it's a it? Long time, isn't it? Isn't it amazing? Wow. But also, I played with players at QPR that had come from the north down to London, and they they really struggled as well. Yeah. Yeah, they, they do. They struggled with the hustle and bustle, like how busy it is down there. Um, they didn't particularly like the people. And so it works both ways. But later on in my career, when I moved back up to, to Preston, to Lancashire, it was probably one of the best places I, I lived in. I loved living there with the family. We we were close to the coast and we we had a nice like community that we were living in as well and i'd probably say if i moved back to england if i ever moved back i'd probably move back to lancashire yeah you get to see some uh some real football as well <laughs> <laughs> wow. by the way before we before we end today's show we get the footy pick shortly but remember about three weeks back Deitch was hammering poor old robbie savage right and explain the, the story how basically he, he allowed this mob to descend upon Robbie Savage and, and didn't, didn't. Yeah, because he deserved it. Yeah, because he deserved it because of some on-field issues, right? Remember that? So No, well, yeah. It's my favorite story. It's an amazing story, right? Because we all thought he was going to help him. And he didn't. He just directed he the mob to where he was hiding. <laughs> but anyway, so Robbie Savage, has, he's got a new charity out, Deej. I want to get your thoughts on this. It's called the Robbie Savage Foundation. He's trying to help kids play football for free. And, and, and he says, if I can change one young person's life, I will. Maybe he's changed, Leach. When you hear that, do you feel a bit guilty for like literally throwing him under the mob bus? No, not at all. That because you know what? Deach taught him a lesson, and maybe that's why he has changed. Because they beat the living snot out of him in the bathroom. <laughs> and he thought, you know what? Maybe I should work on these, being a better kids, person. These young men had football in their lives. That's right. They wouldn't be trying to beat Deach was like, you know what? It's tough love, brother. Danny, do you see tough what love. Craig they're Forrest in, did? They're in there. He backed you up, not Nick the Knife. That's right. He backed he, he, you he didn't up. Didn't charmin me and charmin <laughs> no. me in the back. Didn't throw the uh, charm. God, this, this that's how ex, that's how you become street fraternity. smart. The ex football fraternity. Each is street smart. <laughs> hey, would you rather walk with me down the street of Canning Town <laughs> or Deach? Yeah. All right, I think it's time for um, our favorite time of the week. Footy picks, take it away, Deech Wonger. It's footy picks. It's footy picks. It's footy picks. On footy 
You know, I wonder when we change to the footy garage how that will sound. On the foot in in the footy garage. Yeah, I, I I actually tried it in the car on coming was, over here a couple of times. How was it? Different. Yeah. 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 Did yeah. it work though? I don't know. Deesh could maybe pull it off. Give it a whirl, Deesh. Say footy picks, footy picks in the footy garage. Try that. In the footy garage. <laughs> garage. Thank you for your effort. All right. This to, this week we've got three games as per usual. Up first, fellas. It's the Saturday. I think it's the early kickoff. Before we do this, yeah. remember you asked me if Porto fans and Benfica fans. Mm-hmm. So I, I did text our producer, Dan Fernandez. Dan Fernandez. I'll still call him a producer because he was a freaking legend. Nice guy. And uh, he said, absolutely not. He's a lying bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. There's no way. Okay, Sid Sixero, right? Oh, Sid, Sid does not. for sure. Because I remember watching the Champions League final when Porto uh, won with Mourinho, uh, watching it with him in the newsroom at the score, and he was going freaking nuts. And I oh. said to him, "But Sid, you're you're a Benfica fan. Yeah. Oh, it's Portugal today. Yeah, no, it's Porto. Yeah. So the Sid, I'm pretty sure Dan has cheered for Porto in a big match before. I'm pretty sure. I think he's lying. It's, it's been a bit round over the years. You can't remember them, them squad." All right, anyway, all right, first up, uh, the early game, I think, on Saturday is Leeds against Chelsea. Was it Chelsea against Leeds? Where is it? So, who's home? Jeez, um, oh, I just looked at it a few minutes ago. It's got to be at Leeds because they played Chelsea already at Chelsea. Well, there you go, all right. Teach, what you got there? Now, there should be goals in this one, I'd imagine. Well, Chelsea are keeping clean sheets for fun at the moment. Hey, by the uh, way, that's Leeds, amazing. Uh, He's done an amazing Leeds. job, Teach. Yeah, Mr. Tuchel, Mr. Personality himself. Yeah, um, he could be one of Nigel's friends, the way he looks. He could be. He's still unbeaten as well. Like, they haven't lost the game. I think they've um, only conceded a couple. Yeah, it's very, very strange. Um, I, I don't know. I, th- I think Leeds at home, they've been better on the road. Uh, Chelsea, not been in any European games this week, so... I fancy Chelsea 2-0. I will go Chelsea 3-1. Chelsea 3-1, okay. All right. Leeds is going to score. Sunday, we have the North London derby. We have Arsenal hosting Tottenham Hotspur. Gunners, Spurs, the derby. Spurs, well, Gareth Bale's finally scoring goals. He's looking really good, finally. Yeah. Taking him four months, but... No kidding. Like, seriously, they have to pay him all that money? Like, what kind of deal is that? Like, it's great that he's playing well now. Like, it's, but anytime, anytime now there, Gareth, when you want to show up. Like, it's, I know he wasn't fit, but this doesn't you seem like You know why, Craig? Why? Can I tell you why? You should know this living in England. What is, what starts to open up in late February, early March? The links. Golf courses. Mm-hmm. Come on. Come on. He's happy again. <laughs> it's a long winter for Port Gareth. Yeah. Yeah, Doesn't well. get that in Madrid. He can play all year round in Madrid. So right now, Spurs are sitting in 7th place on 45 points. Arsenal in 10th, 38 points. So it's a big game, this one. Um, Spurs, game. Yeah, and they're just, uh, what, 5 points back and forth. So it's, it's a huge game. Arsenal, I, I still don't know quite what they are, right? They're oh, bouncing they're, so inconsistent. They'd be, be a tough team to lay. Life on, wouldn't it? Like they could play well 
really well. Concede a few for sure. They, um, a couple of mistakes. They, I, I watched them today against Olympiacos. They played really well against Olympiacos today. They won 3-1. But they conceded another goal from playing out the fucking back. There you go. The goal at the weekend against Burnley was an absolute joke. And this was very similar to the goal they conceded uh, against Burnley. Keeper playing it to the central midfielder. Gets pressed. He's out of his goal. They equalized Olympiacos. So this is obvious. I mean, this is something... Arteta wants, and he's yep. going to keep demanding that this that they're they need to be good enough to do it. Um, yep. But at the same time, those mistakes cost a job of a manager over time. You know what I mean? Like that's got to be cut out and quickly. And the the, the problem is, Craig, as you know, with all the kind of media coverage and analyzing opponents, and it's it's not like it's a hidden mystery. So everyone's going to really try and press even harder. They know that you're going to try and play out the back through that central midfield area. And they're going to keep conceding goals. So there's got to be a plan B, plan C. But it just seems, I don't know. And I, I really like the way Artis has turned the team around now. I think they're playing with a lot more confidence. Um, the young boy on loan from Real Madrid scored a fantastic goal today from distance. Odegaard. Um, Odegaard scored a really, really nice goal. Uh, Obama Young scoring a goal. Did, uh, so did William play today? This, this could end up a 2-2 draw, in my opinion. Hey, Deesh, did uh, did William play today? Yes, William started as well. He's been playing well. Yeah, he hasn't. He's kind of found his feet now, finally. Yeah, only took him six months. Yeah, it's longer than Bale. All right, so uh, what you got then in this one? Which one? Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> Arsenal Tottenham. I was just listening to Deitch there go on. Um, Jeez. It's a hard one to pick, don't you think? This is one that I find it very difficult to pick a, a result. So I'll go uh, 2 2. Ooh. Danny did 2 2. Did you really? Yeah, Desmond's. I wasn't listening. <laughs> oh, my God. Desmond's still the, the best uh, term for a scoreline in, in professional sports. Desmond's. Desmond 2 2. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. <laughs> All right. Last game of the uh, Footy Picks is... Uh, why is Footy Picks generally in, in a northern accent, by the way? Just, it's always in a northern accent. Footy Picks, isn't it? Yeah. Why is it? Just happened. I don't know. But Organically happened. We'll try it. Yeah. I can't do one. No, you, we'll no it, it. it always is. It's always in, like, this is always in his, in his, in his generic northern accent. Footy Picks. It's Footy Picks on Footy Prime. Yeah. You should try it with uh, like a... West Ham, like an East Ham. So basically, Deja's accent. Well, kind of. It's West London, well, he's but same a, thing. He's not a true Cockney. No. no. From West London. We, we speak properly in West London. Oh, yes. Those East, those East London mugs, they don't talk properly. <laughs> but they still muck you in with all, like, they call you a Cockney. It's kind of generalized for Londoners now, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not a Cockney. I know you're not. I'm West London. Best part of London. All right. Well, um, not, next game, not the East part. I know that much. Next game, everybody would agree with that. <laughs> Another really interesting match, actually. Uh, United against West Ham. Spain. United West Ham. Well, the Hammers. I'm not betting against them. Not a chance. This will not be a nine-nil game. It won't be a nine-nil game. You're right there. Let me ask you to sign another one-year extension. Mm-hmm. If he'll 
He's going to have to be good. But I, I, uh, I'll take West Ham for a draw there. 1-1. One, one. David Moyes returning to Old Trafford. Yep. Again. Yeah. Man United played today. Terrible. <laughs> West Ham 1. West Ham, West Ham 1. Man United 0. Really? Nice. Yeah. I'm going for the Hammers. Good for you, buddy. You buy a team, right? You buy a team and you got to sign a manager tomorrow. And you have two choices. Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, David Moyes. Who are you signing? Craig first. David Moyes. Deitch. I don't want to hate on Oli. Well, I'm not hating on him either, actually. I'm not like, I'm not I really not. No, but you've got, you got to choose one. I'm just looking at the the scale, the, you know, the, the sample size is much larger for Moyes. Mm-hmm. And... You know those years at Everton when they they that he put in there and how good they were. No, I mean they, they were so good he got a job at Man United. Right? Yeah, precisely. Yeah, you shouldn't forget that. Right? Year how, how good after he was. Year after year, he was doing just unbelievable. And he's just he's just and then he's had some bad time and he bounced around. But now at West Ham, it seems to be he's like he's got that Everton kind of old feel to it. Like Maybe because there's no fans there and he doesn't feel the pressure on game day and he can bark his instructions without fear of any kind of. Retaliation from the fans behind him. Well, he's not worried about retaliation at Olympic Stadium. They're like five <laughs> miles yeah, behind him. Yeah. They went from five inches. They used to be able to grab the back of the net. So close to the so close to the action at Upton Park to Olympic Stadium where you need binoculars. So, Dish, I'm assuming by saying, you know, I don't want to hate on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, you are picking David Moyes. I think for David Moyes, you're looking at experience. You're looking for... Well, you just said a new club, right? Just bought, you just bought a new but club. For Ole, I'm going for the younger players and bringing all those guys through. I think he's he's perfect. You just got to give him time. And uh, I t- listen, he's going to go through some bad times like all managers do, but I have to respect what Man United have done. They've stuck by him. and mm-hmm. he's, he's done well. He's done all right. He's, he's done all right. We're getting abuse from Wonga here for uh, <laughs> our, our mic etiquette today, Craig. Both of us are. What are we doing, Wong? Are we just like heavy breathings? Oh my God. I have to apologize to everybody. <laughs> you two have been like breathing right through the microphone <laughs> and we've had complaints. Do you want it in 40 garage terminology? Yeah, try. Let's give it a shot. I'll try and do it in as East London as I can. Yeah, just do it. Just throw it out there. Three, two, one. It's back in 40 picks. It's 40 picks. It's 40 picks. In the fucking garage. <laughs> we almost slipped there. You began with a northern accent, I think, there. Yes, yeah, first one. to go balance back on <laughs> That's pretty good. You should have been a character on Snatch. You should have been in that movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, who needs Vinnie Jones when you got a dickio? All right, everyone. Um, yeah. Deech, I hope you find some other things to do in your quarantine than just, I don't know, whatever demands Nigel have on you, hasn't you? Enjoy yourself. Play safe. Don't get sick. You sound pretty healthy. And uh, maybe yeah, next time we'll healthy. see you. You'll be back in, in, in the garage with us. Hopefully so, gentlemen. Hopefully so. We'll have to wait and see. All right. Well, our thanks as always to Amsterdam Brewery. The three-speed is going down particularly well today, I have to say. Very nice indeed. Thanks to Dean Blundell. Dot com. Uh, blue microphones. Blue microphones. The Yeti. The Yeti. It's freaking sweet. So sweet. And then uh, I think we are are now casually throwing out, you know, some opportunities for marijuana companies. And, of course, 
Charmin's proper pies. And Ungruk. Ungruk. Right? Speaking of paraphernalia. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that, everyone. Um, Craig, what's Wonga's uh, nickname again? What is it? You ain't. You ain't. <laughs> you ain't. This is a new name. You ain't. Wong. JC. Nigel over there. Thank you, Nigel. Ciao. Well, that's about it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it. We're back same time, same place next week. But as per usual, signing off, it's going to be Nigel. Nigelson. Take it away, Nigel. Uh, but I will show Mr. Dick here how to use the mic properly with props, etc. Sherry? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.